Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue our candidate forum with Max Miller, who's running for Congress here in the state of Ohio. And if you've not been able to go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website to see where your districts are, we encourage you to do that. Uh, Max is running for Congress in what is called the new uh, 7th Congressional District, which is part of Cuyahoga County, Medina County, Wayne County, and the northern portion of Holmes County. Uh, Max, of course, served with President Trump in his administration and uh, he is now running for Congress back here in the home district. Max, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me back on. Really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And, of course, we're just down to the nitty-gritty now. As uh, November 8th is Election Day, uh, ballots are already being cast, uh, but the majority of them, of course, will be cast on Election Day. Uh, so what have you been doing on the trail in the last few days? Yeah. And we've been out every single day doing what we have been doing over the last year and a half, and that is going out into our community and meeting with as many people as we possibly can, whether they're private meetings uh, or just events. I would say that our usual day starts around 6 or 7 a.m. We're right on the road with my campaign manager, Jared Borg, and you know we don't come home until 10 or midnight, and we do that you know seven days a week, and, and we're not stopping until a week from today until we see that ticker come in and we're successful and win this race, not only by a few points, but hopefully by several and send a very strong message to Ohio's 7th District, the state of Ohio and the country. And that is common sense policies are going to be returning back to Washington, D.C. to help us get out of this grave situation we're in within our country today. 40-year high inflation rates are Ohioans are suffering with currently under the Biden administration. Uh, you know, I remember that 40 years ago. Well, I was in Bible school at the time with my wife, and we were trying to make ends meet as I was working my way through college. And uh, I can only imagine what that's like for young families today going to the grocery store, the price of butter, the price of milk, the price of coffee, the price of meat. Uh, you know, the inflationary costs are just off the charts, and people are not immune to that. Uh, everyone is talking about it. Of course, the gas prices, and then the interest rates have gone up. And then, of course, your 401k is tanked. If you've looked at uh, your 401k through your business, and so it's been wiped out, any gains that you had this last couple uh, year and a half. Your thoughts on that, Max? Well, when I woke up this morning, Chris, uh, you know, I, I sat down and I turned the TV on, and the first thing that came across was that, listen to this, 40% Four zero of small businesses within this entire country of the United States could not afford to pay their rent in the month of October. Oh, wow. Talking about a sector of small businesses that employ over 118 million people within our country, and they can't even afford their overhead and rent they have to make sure that these individuals can put food on the table for their families and for anyone else that they need to take care of. And especially right now in these times, you know, you're not just taking care of your families. In some instances, you know, you're helping your friends. You're helping people who are close to you, maybe some extended family. And people are reeling. The average constituent within our district only, you know, makes $57,000, which is a decent amount of money. 
And right now, they're putting $10,000 on their credit card, looking at it as a loan, but that interest is just going to compound. And that is one nightmare that is worse than any student loan or any note that you could take out right now for a mortgage or for a car note of 7%. And we're talking about numbers over 20% APR on how this will compound. And I pray that I'm wrong, but I believe this time next year, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Americans will be filing for bankruptcy. And it's something the media refuses to talk about, even though credit card debt has gone over 100% today of where we just were last year. So, upsetting. Max, you served in the military. You also went to community college. Uh, You wanted to make your own way. Uh, You did end up uh, serving, I think, with Senator Rubio and then later with President Trump in the Trump White House now running for Congress. Uh, this is the time that you you want to get back and represent the people of Northeast Ohio. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I, you know, this district is going to return to more of a team and a partnership as, as opposed to one person and somebody that is going to look out uh, in, for their best interest. And every relationship that I have made along this educational journey of running for office and someone like yourself, Chris, I view these as lifelong partnerships. And the reason I say that is because I will never be a subject matter expertise on everything that everyone knows, and that's okay. But good leaders know when they recognize that, and they lean on their constituency to help them throughout the process, and that's exactly what the constituents of the 7th District are going to get out of me and my team, is that somebody who is going to work tirelessly on their behalf and someone who's never going to betray their values, because that is what a representative is. A representative, by title and definition, is an individual who is sent somewhere, and in this case, Washington, D.C., to represent the values of his or her district. And that's where we are today. And it makes it a little bit easier for me, knowing the demographic of the district, knowing you know tens of thousands of constituents, that it's going to make my job easier because their ideological beliefs are mine as well. And that is exactly what we will do every single day focus on shutting down bad policy, promoting great fiscal policy, and taking care of our constituents in the 7th. We just got off the phone with uh, a gentleman that was talking about the uh, districts around the country and how they were redrawn. The 7th District, of course, is a new congressional district, portions of Cuyahoga County, Medina County, and rural Wayne and Holmes County. So you've been throughout the district, and it has a variety of people, obviously the urban center of Cuyahoga County, and uh, Brunswick and the cities there, and then, of course, Medina, and then into Wayne and Holmes with the rural counties. Tell us a little bit about the blend of constituency in the new 7th District. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you just hit on it. Is that in Cuyahoga County, we're a lot more urban. We're a lot more based in the financial sector. And when you move into Medina, Wayne, and Holmes, it's more of your rural and agricultural. But this district flows together very well, and it provides a nice balance. And everyone, you know, you should remember that. Ohio is a rural state with just urban pockets of cities like Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton, Toledo. I mean, Ohio really is a rural state, but from what I've seen is we have such a unique partnership with our farmers and everyone involved in agricultural down in our southern part of our counties that we've been able to come together and work congruently on issues that are going to make a big driver and a big difference for these individuals, especially when we talk about regulatory policy. I mean, regulatory policy right now from our, you know, builders up in Cuyahoga County to our farmers down in Wayne and uh, Medina and Holmes, they suffer from the same plight, which is, you know, if they go into their into their yard and they see that there's a puddle, 
all of a sudden you're going to get a call from, you know, Department of Agriculture or ODA from the state of Ohio, and they're going to make you hire an engineer for $8,000 that you pay out of your own pocket. So these our farmers have to do this. Our individuals who are in construction and real estate, they have to do this. We're, that's the thing right now within this country is that not one issue is unique. Everyone is suffering from the same plight of this administration. And that's why, you know, I'm really proud to be endorsed by the Farm Bureau organization, which is the largest organization we have within our district in the state of Ohio. And it just shows you that someone who grew up in Cuyahoga County his entire life, you know, can connect and is connecting with everyone within our district, establishing those relationships, taking the time to listen to them and everything that they need. And so I can accomplish the main mission set and goals to provide them with more money in their checking account, you know, live in their personal and religious freedoms, and to feel safe in their own communities. And I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or independent, that's what every American wants. And that's why people are dying to come to the United States of America on a daily basis. When we talk about the, the price of produce because of the inflationary costs, Farmers themselves are hard-pressed, those who are dairy farmers, those who provide uh, the meat products and, of course, the grain products. Fertilizer alone, because of the war in Ukraine, and uh, Ukraine produces a lot of fertilizer, that was not available. So fertilizer uh, costs skyrocketed, and they became short in demand. Diesel cost has gone up, and, of course, it's much greater than even the gas cost. In fact, now there may be a diesel uh, shortage. So farmers are up against it. What are you hearing from the rural sector of your uh, district down there, Medina, Wayne, and Holmes counties, concerning the things that are facing farmers? Yeah, I mean, you just touched on it once again. Energy independence and supply chain issues and labor, they all go hand in hand. They really do. Everything that, that the self-inflicted policies by Joe Biden and his administration I mean, yeah, they're hard-pressed for fertilizer. They're hard-pressed for diesel gas, which is now running uh, into a massive shortage within our country and is well over $5 a gallon. These individuals are having to factor in millions of dollars or if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in costs that they wouldn't traditionally have to, especially with fertilizer, diesel gas, everything that they're trying to push them into. You know, I don't know how practical it is, Chris to go ahead and to tell one of our great farmers to go ahead and to buy an EV tractor, right? Or an EV. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, what happens if you're out there and you're 20 acres into your property and you're out there, you know, getting the crops, mowing the grass and you're in an EV. Who's going to, what plug, what outlet, what generator are you going to hook up? That's going to be run by natural gas, diesel or, or oil is going to get that puppy up and running. It's not. And the American people, you know, they hate one thing in particular amongst a lot, but that is when, when we are forced to go into one direction. We saw it during the vaccine mandate. We, we saw even here in Ohio, we had people tell us whether we were essential or we were non-essential, which is essentially saying you matter or you don't matter. We started labeling people. And now you see this shift with this government, which should be market-driven, but it's not. It's government-driven to electric vehicles. And people are repudiating this. Ohio ranks number 17, I believe, in the country. I believe it's 17, with 14,530 registered electric vehicles within our state. It doesn't sound like something Ohioans want, does it? I mean, not at all. If they did, that number would be much higher. 
and we would be much up, uh, much up the ladder in terms of where we rank in the country. But once again, this is what happens when Democrats get full control of the House, Senate, and the Oval. They continuously overplay their hand to drive as much crap policy as they can that's going to hurt every American. We saw this under Carter. We're seeing it now on steroids under Biden. And I believe that this is going to take us probably a good six to eight years, if not a decade, to get out of. I mean, remember where we were in 08 and 09 when the market just completely crashed and the bottom fell out to the subprime mortgages of lenders being too greedy. I believe we're there. And I believe that we've been in a recession now for several months. You know, they love to change the definitions of things, but it doesn't, you know, they can change it so it, so it makes them sleep better every single evening. But real Americans know what's going on. We are not dumb. We have awakened. Uh, they are extremely woke. And we are going to go back to common sense policy to provide relief to the American people. We're talking with Max Miller. He is a candidate for the 7th Congressional District. He will be on your ballot on November 8th. And we're happy to say that Max actually filled out the Ohio Christian Alliance questionnaire and filled out all 12 questions that are uh, in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide on our website at ohioca.org. Max, uh, just in closing, because I know you're going to get going back on the campaign trail. You have a busy schedule. We thank you for taking time with us uh, today to do that. Uh, tell us uh, where folks can follow you on your website. Yeah, thank you, Chris. You can go on uh, my website is votemaxmiller.com. Uh, you can see any policy platform that we have on there. And please, if you feel so inclined to make a small contribution or to even volunteer for our campaign, we would love that. On Twitter, I am at MaxMillerOH, and, you know, we just need as much support as we can in the final stretch here. But, but I'll tell you, Chris, every indicator that I see, I believe Republicans are going to have a great year and a great midterm. And it is a referendum on Joe Biden and his policies that have crippled this country. And the sad thing is, if he wanted to treat energy independence, the supply chain crisis, the southern border, the labor shortage as a priority, he could fix those things. He just willfully chooses not to and wants to divide our country with social and moral issues that are not actually going to help out the American people in terms of what we can do with fiscally conservative, responsible policy. I think a lot of people agree with you, Max, that uh, you couldn't have made things worse if you uh, had it intentionally. And it looks like all their policies were intentional and is really a hardship on the American people. And we're going to go to the ballot, and we're going to let our voice be heard on November 8th. Max Miller, running for the 7th Congressional District here in Ohio on your November 8th ballot. Max, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we're going to talk to you about how you can find out more about the candidates on the Ohio Christian Alliance website and research the voter guide. Other helpful election tools as well. We'll talk about the state Supreme Court. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Join us on Veterans Day in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial for the celebration of the D-Day Prayer Edition. The edition of this prayer will be a lasting tribute to all our veterans who serve us in time of war and peace. This is Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance inviting you to join author and historian Bill Fetter, Senator Rob Portman, World War II reenactors, and radio host Bob France on Friday, November 11th at 11.30 a.m. at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
After the celebration, Bill Fetter will lead a war memorials tour. It will be a time to honor our veterans and celebrate our great nation. For more information, visit ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance. Drag queen story hours in our schools and churches? Gender dysphoric men dominating women's sports? Violence and anarchy taking over our streets? All encouraged and promoted by politicians, school boards, teachers unions, even churches? America is spiraling into an abyss of spiritual darkness and moral insanity. Now more than ever, God's people need to shine forth as beacons of truth in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. But what if they won't heed the light? Well, as President Reagan used to say, when you can't make them see the light, make them feel the heat. Unfortunately, many churches have abandoned the Word of God for the philosophies of men, and their light has gone out. The fire has gone out in their pulpits, and they've become lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. They need to repent and turn back to God. This is Pastor Al Davis of the Richfield Bible Baptist Church, host of Live with Pastor Al on 1220 The Word. Don't hide your light. Light a fire. Stand up. Speak out. Vote and make them feel the heat. Okay, and we're back, and we want to talk to you about the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. It's on our website. That's ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. And uh, go to our website, top of the page is the Voter Guide. You'll be able to research where the candidates stand on the issues. As we just uh, talked with Max Miller, who's running in the 7th Congressional District, Max is in the Voter Guide. He filled it out. His opponent, Matthew Deemer, did not fill out the survey, uh, so he goes down as a no-show on these issues. And what are the issues? Well, there's 12 of them there that are listed, eliminating all funding uh, to, of Planned Parenthood. Uh, Max is for eliminating all federal funding to Planned Parenthood. Legislation to protect the tax status of churches and religious institutions, ensuring religious freedom, exercise of free speech rights. Permanent elimination of the marriage tax penalty. Teaching critical race theory in public schools, whether a person, whether the candidate supports or opposes that. Prohibiting abortion when a heartbeat is detected, or in other words, supporting the heartbeat law. That also is in the voter guide. Allowing biological males to compete in women's sports. That also is in the voter guide. Here's one, giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the United States. Well, did you know that uh, several million have crossed the border in just the last two years? I think it's projected upwards of three million illegals have crossed the border during the Biden administration. Folks, it's a porous border, and they are flooding over the border, and we need to stop that. And that's why a November 8th Election Day is so important. Next question we have is, constructing a fence or wall along the entire U.S.-Mexico border to stop the flow of illegal immigrants entering the United States. You know that down in New Mexico, uh, Arizona, they're actually putting shipping containers, filling the gaps in the wall that President Obama, excuse me, <laughs> you know, makes you wonder sometimes who's running, really running the country right now. President Biden has not allowed for the, the fence to be constructed during his term. He stopped construction of the fence that President Trump started. So the states are taking action because all these illegal are pouring into their communities there. It's a humanitarian crisis. So they're filling the gaps with uh, shipping containers, double stacked. And he filed suit 
in federal court to get them to stop. Does that sound like somebody that cares about illegal immigration in this country? No way. Well, folks, well, you can make a difference by voting for conservatives and where they stand on border security. It's all in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. Also constructing uh, or continuing the construction of the Keystone Pipeline. It's the first thing that Biden did when he got into office is to stop the pipeline uh, construction, and that is hurt prices at the gas pump. Look, all of this is in the voter guide, and th- these are the real issues, not some fancy commercial ad you get about some guy throwing a football around. Hey, look at me, I'm throwing a football. I'm just like you. Come on, folks, get smarter than that. Look what they're, uh, where they stand on the issues, okay? So right at the top is Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance, and it's a who's who, back and forth, where they stand on the issues, eliminating all federal funding to Planned Parenthood. Tim Ryan opposes that. He wants the biggest abortion provider in the country to be funded, well-funded with government funds. And J.D. Vance does not, he does not support giving any federal funding to Planned Parenthood. And that's all they do. They're a big abortion provider. Uh, How about 8404, which repeals the Defense of Marriage Act of 1993 and codifies, uh, making it law for same-sex marriage into federal law. J.D. opposes that. For religious reasons and for uh, discrimination against religious people, Tim Ryan voted for that in Congress. Look, it's all in the voter guide, all right? And so you need to go to the top of the Ohio Christian Alliance website, click on the voter guide. All 11 pages will come up. You'll see the U.S. Senate race. You'll see the congressional races. The U.S. Um, excuse me, the Ohio Supreme Court will be voting for three seats. Three Republicans are running and three Democrats are running. For the first time, the party affiliation will be listed in your uh, ballot. So we've listed it as well. The state issues are there for Ohio House and Ohio Senate are all listed in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. So also there will be the Congressional District, the Ohio House Districts, and the Senate District. But there's also a helpful tool right on the website as well once you click on this link. Uh, find My Districts. You click on that, takes you to the Secretary of State's website, fill in your address, and it will give you the districts that will be on your ballot. But then you can view your sample ballot. This is a great tool. I love this one. Uh, that way you don't have to have uh, what you call a pop quiz when you get in there on Election Day or when you go to vote. You can view your sample ballot. Click on that. Again, put in your information, take you to your local board of election, put in your information, and your, you can view your entire sample ballot of what will be on your ballot. That way there won't be any sneak surprises when you get in the voting booth and you'll know what you're doing. And, of course, utilize the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. Well, thanks for listening. It was great to have Max Miller, again, candidate for the 7th Congressional District, on with us. And, of course, also... Uh, We'll be hearing from uh, Adam Kincaid, who will talk to us about fair districts. So thanks for listening tonight. God bless you.
Join us on Veterans Day in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial for the celebration of the D-Day Prayer Edition. The edition of this prayer will be a lasting tribute to all our veterans who serve us in time of war and peace. This is Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance inviting you to join author and historian Bill Fetter, Senator Rob Portman, World War II reenactors, and radio host Bob France on Friday, November 11th at 11.30 a.m. at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. After the celebration, Bill Fetter will lead a war memorials tour. It will be a time to honor our veterans and celebrate our great nation. For more information, visit ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Okay, and we're back, and we're with Adam Kincaid, and he's going to talk about fair lines districts. And this is how district lines are redrawn across the country, not just here in Ohio, but in all the states after the census of 2020. And, of course, this is important as our representative form of government, as districts are redrawn. You, Those of you that listen to this program know that we were heavily engaged in the Ohio process as far as at least keeping you up to date on the redistricting commission that was formed and then how they went through their process. And then, of course, how uh, the, the minority party, the Democrats, objected to the Republican majority on the commission as to how they were drawing the lines, and then they filed with the state Supreme Court, which was the first go-around for this type of uh, redistricting commission in Ohio. And so it's, we still have not gotten to the end of this because the districts that we're currently voting in may or may not be the districts we vote in in just a couple years from now. But here to talk more about what happened across the entire country is Adam Kincaid. Adam, welcome to the program. Chris, thanks for having me. Well, Adam, let's talk about that. Your organization, again, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I run a a group of organizations. Um, Fair Lines America is the name of our uh, nonprofit. And then we have a 501c3 that's called Fair Lines America Foundation. And what we do is we focus on educating the public on redistricting processes, um, funding litigation in some places, uh, engaging in uh, supporting state legislatures in whatever way they need, may need help drawing lines. And oftentimes we also engage with redistricting commissions. So our job is to be a one-stop shop for redistricting for all 50 states. 
Well, that's interesting because I do see the Ohio Supreme Court photo when you have one of your uh, featured articles up currently, a constitutional amendment heralds the gold standard of redistricting reform leads to nothing but confusion and chaos. And I do see the Ohio flag in this picture. It does look reminiscent of our Ohio Supreme Court where the justices sit. And, of course, you're talking about Ohio because it says behind the lines in Ohio. And, of course, the folks in this program know that that was actually – well, you can almost call it a mitigated train wreck, and the reason for that is is that uh, it, it came down to where the justices themselves were uh, being the um, uh, arbiters of whether or not these districts represented uh, the, the people of Ohio well enough. And so taking into all the things that need to be considered, talking to some of the members who sat on the commission, like our state auditor, Keith Faber, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, uh, to name a few. Um, this was a very interesting and arduous process and made more difficult because of the Democrats really just wanted to wreak havoc. Now, a few years ago, Eric Holder, the, fir- the former attorney general under Barack Obama, launched a legal um, outfit in which he uh, intended to work on these kinds of issues that would favor Democrats have- heavily and to really gum up the process in states that were red of how the redistricting uh, was drawn. If you think about the blue states, of course, they were happy the way they were. You know, I talk to people in California all the time and said, we don't get any representation where we live. There's no such thing as fair districts uh, in California or in uh, places in New York or some of the blue states in New England. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, sure. So, I mean, I think one of the problems with redistricting commissions, whether they're in Ohio or California or elsewhere, is that they have some lofty goal of taking politics out of redistricting, which is like taking salt out of the ocean. It's literally impossible. Uh, redistricting is a partisan endeavor, uh, no matter who does it. Uh, Michigan is probably the best example of that from the, this last year, where the Michigan Redistricting Commission was actively trying to create Democrat districts um, in different places throughout the state because they couldn't get enough seats in, in coming out of Detroit. And so they're on record you know, publicly saying, well, we need to make this district more Democrat by connecting this city with this city so that we can have proportional representation, basically, is what they're trying to get to. Um, what you have in Ohio um, is a, a situation where you know various liberal groups came in and said, we need a new process in Ohio. This process is broken. And in the process of fixing what they consider a broken process, they created the most convoluted and complex redistricting process in the entire country. Um, Ohio's process is even more broken now from a procedural perspective than it's ever been. I mean, you have multiple different steps and different thresholds of votes that have to be held, and different groups are drawing maps at different times for different legislative bodies, whether you're talking about the legislature or or Congress. And so there's so many different moving pieces that what happened when this measure was put forward to the voters and it was passed is Ohio set themselves up for the kind of train wreck that we saw uh, this last year, uh, last two years, really. So um, you know, California is another great example where, you know, for the last two cycles now, California has enacted functionally Democrat gerrymanders um, in the name of bipartisan fair redistricting commissions. And so 
Um, what we've always cautioned people on when it comes to these commissions is you think you're voting to take politics out of it. All you're really doing is introducing a different kind of politics into it. Instead of having state legislators doing the the redistricting and, and considering politics from their perspective, you're taking a group of voters, typically, who have little to no knowledge about the redistricting process and telling them to draw fair maps for a state when they're bringing their own priors into the process. And so, um, you know, when it comes to Eric Holder and, and the various Democrat groups that are trying to create these these different commissions around the country, you know, they're not trying to defeat gerrymandering. That's a very nice thing that they like to say, but it's simply not true. What they're doing is they're trying to shift the burden of redistricting from places that have Republican control to commissions. Um, that's what they want to do. They want to find ways to to take away the ability of Republican legislators in red states for, to draw the lines in their states. Um, well, that that that's yep. a very interesting because again, Eric Holder, a Democrat, you know, a leftist with uh, Barack Obama uh, and former Democratic president, their interest is not to make this equal across the country. Like they have some grand, you know, opportunity where we're going to have proper and fair districts. No, they're not in the blue states doing this. They're in the red states. And their whole area, their whole, you know, so they're targeting as a warfare of the way districts are drawn in the red states, not the blue states. So, you know, that's why people need to call them out for what it is, you know, call a spade a spade. That's what's happening here. So to fight back against that, your organization, the American Redistricting Project, uh, after the 2020 election and after the 2020 census and the redistricting uh, commissions or the redistricting efforts uh, happened. So in Ohio here, we used to have an apportionment board, and it was made up of uh, five members. It was made up of the Ohio House of uh, Speaker of the House, the Senate President, the Governor of the State, uh, the Secretary of State, the Auditor, and uh, two minority members of either the Ohio House or the Ohio Senate. So there was always representation. Well, since the Republicans in the last couple of election cycles in Ohio have won all the statewide races and have retained uh, control of the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate, uh, it's you know basically they have controlled the apportionment board in a five to seven vote. However, this uh, that's when the League of Women Voters, by the way, a very far left Democrat uh, run operation, uh, they're the ones who pushed for this redistricting commission on the ballot. They said we want to get rid of gerrymandering. And so that sounded good to the general public until they saw how it functioned in practice this last go-around. So I, I would say that it, it grades an F in its first uh, attempt. So uh, they're, they're going to go back at this thing. So uh, that's why the state Supreme Court race in Ohio just means that much more, uh, because one seat, uh, if the Democrats win just one more seat, they would take the majority of the Ohio Supreme Court and then Katie bar the door, because... Uh, the, the district maps that we have now are only temporary unless the Republicans probably take the Ohio Supreme Court and then they would either concur or redraw. And then you wouldn't have Maureen O'Connor, who basically became a Democrat in office. She switched from Republican to Democrat and joined the Democrats on these key decisions. She wouldn't be there. She's termed out. So it's all about this election coming up on November 8th. And folks, you need to know there's three Republicans running and three Democrats running for three open Ohio Supreme Court seats. And if the Republicans lose just one, then the Democrats take control of the court. So pay very close attention to that on your ballot. Uh, Adam, your thoughts? Well, I think 
to look at Ohio and what happened there, what you really have is a a, a perfect example of um, Charlie Brown, Lucy, and the football. So what you have in Ohio is the Republicans on the commission passed a map that completely adhered to the qual- the requirements of the Ohio Constitution when it came to the congressional map in particular. Um, that map was passed by the commission, and then you know Democrats and various liberal groups sued over it um, and challenged it. So as that moved through, the court said, you know, the Democrat majority on the Supreme Court said, you broke the law, you can't do this. Here's a different set of requirements that you need to comply with. And the legislature obviously said, well, we disagree with that, but okay, let's try to comply with it. And again, they complied with the letter of what the opinion was that the Ohio Supreme Court had issued. And the Ohio Supreme Court could have said, great, good job, we're happy with this, you complied with our order. But of course, that's not what happened. The Ohio Supreme Court, their objective was to create a map or get the legislature or the commission to impose a map that elected as many Democrats as possible, or that could elect as many Democrats as possible. And so they threw the maps out again. Um, The map was completely legal. It followed all the different requirements that Ohio's Constitution lays out. And, you know, the Ohio Redistricting Commission rightfully um, appealed that to the U.S. Supreme Court. And so now we're in a spot where they're asking the Supreme Court to say, hey, these state Supreme Courts cannot just go in and make up rules that aren't written in our Constitution. There's a level of judicial activism, especially when it comes to congressional maps, that just is not appropriate. Congressional redistricting is governed by the U.S. Constitution first, and then maybe the Ohio Constitution second, not the other way around. And so I think that what you're seeing right now with these elections and why they're so important is that voters have a choice between the judicial activism that we've seen from the Democrat-majority Ohio Supreme Court or a um, or a new Ohio Supreme Court majority that would simply, um, you know, apply the law as written, which is what I think most voters want. Whether you're Republican, a Democrat, or Independent, you should want the the laws that are in effect in your state, unless they are somehow constitutional. This constitution, they'd be allowed to stand, and that's not what we had in Ohio this last time. And hopefully, it will be what we have in Ohio in the future. We're talking to Adam Kincaid. He is with the American Redistricting Project. Uh, Adam, we saw Ohio lost one congressional seat. Uh, not so much that we lost population, we just didn't grow as fast as some of the southern states like Florida and Texas. Uh, but also, California lost a congressional seat and also did New York. So let's talk about those two blue seats and their redistricting after they've lost a congressional seat. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. So California is interesting. It's actually the first time that California lost a congressional um, seat since it joined the union. Uh, so, you know, that's it's kind of a, a big shift. And what we've seen is that so many Californians have left California fleeing high taxes and overregulation to places like Texas. Um, it's kind of like the, the Babylon Bee's little uh, uh, video they put out about wish we all could leave California <laughs> from the Beach Boys <laughs> songs. It's a funny video, but there are people leaving California. Tell us about that. I, I like the joke that Texas picked up a congressional seat in Austin, functionally from the state of California. So, um, but what you've got in California now is, you know, a new map that you know was drawn by a quote-unquote independent redistricting commission that clearly favored Democrats every step of the way. 
um, as the process unfolded. And it's another example of how these commissions are set up in a way to favor Democrats. If you think about it, it makes total sense. When you have rules for a commission that says um, Democrats have to be Democrats, Republicans have to be Republicans, but you know, if you're an independent, you can't be affiliated with either party. What we know is that predominantly Republicans register as Republicans, um, but you have a lot of maybe Green Party folks or you know um, different third parties that tend to be left-leaning that would qualify as an independent, right, in, in a state like California um, that you know helps to shift that vote. But the problem that you had in California is that you had a, um, a pro-abortion – Republican from um, Berkeley, <laughs> who was somehow on this commission um, as a Republican. Um, so, you know, it's California. It's a. It's always you know unique given how many folks there are there and how many seats. But I think what you're going to find this this year is that while they applied a very aggressive gerrymander that favored Democrats in California, Republicans are going to do very well because of how much the climate has shifted um, in the last couple of years. If you look at New York, New York's a completely different situation. Yes, it did have a redistricting commission that was enacted in the middle part of the last decade, but the Democrats in New York just ignored it completely. They waited for the commission to not do what it was able to, should have done, and then just threw out the maps and said, we're going to do our own maps, and enacted um, probably the most aggressive Democrat gerrymander in the country. Um, to the credit of the New York Court of Appeals, which is functionally their state Supreme Court, um, they said, no, this map is unconstitutional under our Constitution, under New York's Constitution, and must be redrawn. And so what you had in New York is um, a probably the fairest map they've had in a long time for Congress and for the state Senate. And there are a significant number of competitive seats this fall um, that otherwise would have been very, very blue. And so I think, you know, Republicans are looking at being on offense in a state like New York. It's being lifted by um, the situation, the governor's race, where, you know, Governor Hochul doesn't seem to understand why people care about violent crime in the cities and across the state of New York. And um, Lee Zeldin is running a solid campaign that is, um, helping and leading Republicans up and down the ballot in New York State. And it's part of what we're seeing is kind of a national rebellion of sorts of um, voters who are sick and tired of runaway inflation and, um, you know, increased crime rates and an unguarded, you know, southern border. And, you know, all those things coming together in a state like New York is causing real pain for Democrats across the country. You have the chair of the DCCC, uh, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, who may lose re-election in his seat, um, you know, because of all of this. You have Chuck Schumer, the head of the inter- the uh, head of you know, the Senate Majority Leader right now, who's running in the closest election he's had in um, maybe his entire career. And you know, it's really fascinating to see how New York is playing out. But again, a lot of this is being driven by the hubris of Democrats in New York, who decided that they were above their own state constitution and passed an unconstitutional gerrymander. We're talking with Adam Kincaid. He is with the American Redistricting Project. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back on the other side uh, to continue our discussion. Don't go away. Join us on Veterans Day in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial for the celebration of the D-Day Prayer Edition. The edition of this prayer will be a lasting tribute 
to all our veterans who serve us in time of war and peace. This is Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance, inviting you to join author and historian Bill Fetter, Senator Rob Portman, World War II reenactors, and radio host Bob France on Friday, November 11th at 1130 a.m. at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. After the celebration, Bill Fetter will lead a war memorials tour. It will be a time to honor our veterans and celebrate our great nation. For more information, visit ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance. Okay, and we're back with Adam Kincaid. He's with the American Redistricting Project. So, Adam, we talked about New York and California. Let's talk about the Carolinas, uh, North and South Carolina. There's been a lot of New Yorkers. We talked about how uh, people from California are moving to Colorado and Texas and, uh, you know, other places like Idaho, actually. Uh, people from New York leaving the high-tax end state there are going to the Carolinas, which is uh, presenting a challenge to what has been two red states, uh, especially North Carolina is now uh, more of a purple state. Tell us what's going on there with redistricting. Uh, sure. So with North Carolina, it's um, so I'm I'm from North Carolina. It's my home state. So um, North Carolina has kind of been interesting for a while now. What we've had is a um, unique situation where the state has become more Republican and less conservative over time. And the reason for that, in large degree, is what we've come to call halfbacks, which are people that moved out of maybe New England or the Northeast, moved south to Florida or or Georgia but decided to move halfway back to North Carolina. And these are people you know, that typically live along the coastline, but also now that more and more in you know the, the heart of the state, in the Piedmont, especially around where the, you know, the big golf, um, the golfing areas are in the central part of the state, around Pinehurst, and then now out west, even around Asheville. But um, the voter registration numbers have actually trended more Republican over time, um, even though the state's become a little less conservative. North Carolina has been a battleground for redistricting for decades now, going back to the 1980s. Um, some of the biggest redistricting cases of the last 40 years have come out of North Carolina, and that's no um, exception this year. Uh, next month, the Supreme Court's going to hear a case out of North Carolina called Moore v. Harper. Um, it's a case that um, deals with whether or not the U.S. the um, state Supreme Courts can enact um, their own redistricting maps functionally um, over the legislative process. Um, North Carolina is unique in that it has no specific anti-gerrymandering or redistricting criteria in its state constitution, but the Democrat majority state Supreme Court decided that that didn't matter and they wanted to do what they wanted to do, so they imposed their own map. Um, and so went through a kind of a convoluted process of litigation. And so North Carolina appealed, and the U.S. Supreme Court's going to consider that. You know, does the U.S. Constitution say that state legislatures have the power to do this and that maybe the state Supreme Courts don't have the ability to review it? Ohio has actually appealed their map underneath that exact same lawsuit. So we'll see if the U.S. Supreme Court takes that one or not. But um, it's going to be a big case. It's something that you know your your listeners may have heard referred to as the independent legislature theory. That's what a lot of people want to talk about on the left. 
um, the reality is that this is a pretty simple checks and balances case. You know, do the legislatures have specific powers that maybe the state Supreme Courts don't have? Um, and so, you know, we'll see how that one plays out. South Carolina, um, I think South Carolina's maps are obviously in court right now. They're being litigated over. Um, and we'll see what happens there. It's a different sort of case. North Carolina was partisan gerrymandering in South Carolina. You know, the liberal plaintiffs are arguing that it's somehow a racial gerrymander, even though it's exactly the same map that was approved by Eric Holder's Justice Department 10 years ago. It's functionally the same footprint of the map. But, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out in court. And I'm sure that one will take a trip up to the U.S. Supreme Court at some point as well. Um, so, I mean, that's what's going on in, in the Carolinas. I think that generally, though, what you're seeing across the country is their examples of the litigation strategy of the left, where they believe that they can sue the blue. They believe that if they sue enough times in enough places, like they tried to do in Ohio multiple times, that eventually they'll be able to either get rid of um, Republican supermajorities, split chambers, and, you know, or um, you know, or at least whittle away at, at, at Republican seats. They were successful in doing that in Virginia. They try repeatedly to do it in North Carolina. Um, they were successful in doing it to some extent in Pennsylvania. So um, it's their strategy, their suit of blue strategy. They're not going to give up on that, especially after they lose the House next week. And I'm sure they'll just double down on it and continue to move forward with what they have as an unlimited funding stream um, for litigation. Well, given the radical policies of the Biden administration, it is projected to be a, a big red wave. How big uh, across the country and here in Ohio yet is to be determined, I think projections are, uh, at a minimum, the uh, Republicans in Ohio will take back 11 congressional seats, take 11 congressional seats to Washington with the new Congress. That would be 11 to 4 split. If it's a very good night, uh, it would be a uh, 12 to 3 split with uh, Republicans taking 12 seats back from Ohio. So it, it, it's yet to be determined. Uh, I think uh, District Number Nine is in question. Uh, that's J.R. Majewski against uh, Marcy Captor, and they call that a toss-up right now in the polls. So, very close in Ohio and across the country. We'll be watching very carefully on election night. And of course, we're urging everyone who's listening in to get out and vote. Uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide is on our website at ohioca.org, and you can research the candidates. And you can also find helpful information of where your districts are. There's a helpful tool there and what's on my ballot, all on the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Uh, give us your uh, website again, Adam, so folks can follow the work that you do. Sure. So I would encourage people to go to the um, the American Redistricting Project, which is our has more information on Ohio redistricting than probably anyone would like to read, but it's very, very useful. If you just go to AmericanRedistricting.org, um, it's got... Maps, litigation, all sorts of information on redistricting, redistricting processes. And if you go to the Ohio page, you'll see how convoluted a process Ohio has right now. Well, it's going to be work that's going to be done in the next couple of years as well. So uh, the election doesn't end it. The, your work continues. And thank you for the fine work you're doing, Adam. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Good Absolutely. And thank you for listening. If you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety on our website, at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.